all the books. That's the right. The official podcast of the David A. Howe Public Library. Number 10. Drop the balloons. Yay. It's time. There are balloons falling. Yeah. Everybody. Oh, they're everywhere. Oh, oh my wow. gosh. It's so much fun. And the fan turnout. Yeah. Boy, it's I, great. Sorry. Everybody. No, actually, stay quiet. Folks, please. Yeah. Uh, we hope to be able to meet each and every one of you afterwards. Yeah. We're never. We'll yeah, never, we won't, we'll we'll never meet them all. There's no way. <laughs> How can we count the grains of sand? Anyway. Did you ever think we'd make it this far? 10 to, to episodes. Episode 10? Yeah. No. I thought you'd burn out around seven. Yeah, so, yeah, me too. Yeah, I'll I have be- a I have a, a series of guest hosts that are just waiting for the call. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, that's that means we've been doing this for like two and a half months. Yeah. That's like that's a lot of hours I know. together. Yeah. I am kind of sick of you. Yeah. Ooh. This this might wow. be the tenth and final okay. episode. All right. All right. Let's no, do I'm this. No kidding. Let's, Actually, oh, okay. I got you a tenth anniversary present. Oh my gosh. For you. Ready? Oh my gosh. I didn't know we were doing presents. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Well, actually, actually, I got myself a Coke. Wow, this is so nostalgic. Yeah, I, I got myself a Coke. The Coke bit is back. Yeah, wow. well, this one... MVP? MVP. Okay. Because, I, I, I mean, yeah. I, well... Hold on, hold on. Mm. I mean, if there's only two of us, that makes me the least valuable player. No, you could be the other valuable player. But you know what? Every MVP needs something. Don't... What does every MVP need? Cheerleader. A cheerleader! I don't, I don't like this joke. <laughs> All right, I'm opening mine. Yeah. Uh, no. Hashtag refreshing. Yeah. Coca Cola send funds courtesy of David A. Yeah, Howe Library. I mean, how more legit do we have North to Main be? Street, Wellsville, New York. Whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like ten episodes. Yeah. We're we're obviously in this for the long run. We are. Come on, Coke. We're in it to win it. Man, it's good. Anyway, I'm Nick Gunning. Mm. I'm MVP Eric Mickles. Well, we're your hosts for book news. That's always it. Yeah. I always say book news, and then there's going to be like a whole list. But when we just cover books, it's yeah. author news. Right. I mean, I try, I try to keep it to that. You tend to veer off into uh, rants about fandoms and yeah. Uh, yeah. marine life and such. But <laughs> Well, there you go. All right. So here we are, episode 10. Yeah. Wow. We've got some stuff planned. Well, we've got one thing planned. Yeah, we, we have a segment. We have a, we have a segment planned. <laughs> Woo! Sure. As we normally do. Yeah. Actually, let's start with what we're reading. Let's start with oh. our bookmarks. Well, I don't so know we're why gonna, I we're said it Actually, up. I wanted yeah, to ask you how your Halloween's going, because this is the last week. This Is podcast it? comes out the last week of October. Oh my gosh, wow. Yeah, man. We did it. We made it through. Yeah. Have you good. had a good yeah. October? I've read a decent amount of scary books. I've seen yeah. some scary movies. I got two more scary books to read. Wow. I know. So You can probably do it in... I, I think so. I'm, I'm a little mired in what I'm currently reading. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll just go right to that. Okay. Yeah, all right. I, what are we, where's your book? So I finished Grey Mountain, as I was talking about last week, right. with John Grisham. Mm-hmm. And it was... You know, back and forth, I was like, I don't like this. I really like this. I don't like this. I ended up giving it a, a four star because I thought it wow. ended up being really good. You so liked it. I did. I was pleasantly surprised. It was maybe the first one that he's written with a female protagonist. So really? Different. Good there, for him. There's others, I'm sure, that where there's prominent female characters, but this was centered on mm-hmm. a woman, so it was different. I finished up the second volume of Green Arrow, the, uh, the Kevin Smith, yeah. Smith run, yeah. So I read Quiver, and that was good and weird. Mm-hmm. Sounds of Violence, Volume 2, which we have in the collection here, was also pretty good. Have you read it? I haven't read the second one. That no. one, the only problem with that was there was a lot of supporting characters. Mm-hmm. It was a short book, and there was way too many supporting characters. Right. So, And I think Kevin Smith is done after Volume 2. I think so. Because the third one is written by Brad Metzer, who writes like... He writes a bunch. Yeah. He, he writes... What's uh, that one you like? The book? Yeah. He, he wrote uh, The Book of Fate. That's it. That's uh, the one I'm thinking he, of. He writes... I, I don't know what you'd call them, political thrillers? That was, that was what I'd say, yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, so I finished both of those. I was going to jump right into my um, head full of ghosts or room full of ghosts, whatever one it is. Sure. But I noticed uh, Karen Slaughter's Pretty Girls 
mm-hmm. on our return shelf. It's brand new. It just came out. We talked about this recently. I never read Karen Slaughter. Okay. And so I picked it up and was like, yeah. yeah. So I'm about... Her name terrifies me. Yeah. At this point, I don't know that I would pick up a second Karen Slaughter. I'm not hating How far it. are you in? Two-thirds. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So... You know, I would say it's just okay mm-hmm. so far. Maybe the ending will grab me, and I'm definitely going to finish it. It's not bad, but it's it's not great. Okay. Uh, the other thing that I have here, and I, I've been saving this just for you. Uh, if you'll remember a few episodes back, I picked oh, up yeah. the um, Betty and Veronica there Halloween Annual, mm-hmm. My Love of Archie Comics. Well, now, these these digests, it's a mix of old, new right. comics. So I'm, I'm reading towards the end, and here's a little story called Teen Morphs. What? It's an Archie parody of the Animorphs, Eric. <laughs> Look at it. Look right there. Look at that picture. Folks, if you could see this, there's a little kid turning into a polar bear. Now, I'm sure if you read the story, they'd get some things wrong. <laughs> but uh, I just, it's a marriage of two things we love. Why are you doing this? Archie comics. Why are you bringing this in? And the Animorphs. <laughs> So, anyway, that is in the uh, Betty and Veronica Halloween annual. I'd be happy to lend it to you. Just let yeah. me know. I'm probably going to read it. Yeah, are you? Yeah, you I got to see if yeah. they get the jokes right. You have to. And maybe, maybe it will be like a good nature ribbing, and I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> at one point they say that the teens can turn into any animals. And I don't know much about animorphs, but I feel like that's not true. To morph into an animal, an okay. animorphs, All right. they have to acquire the DNA. And to do that, they have to make physical contact Ooh. with an animal, Okay. and they, they just acquire the DNA okay. like in whatever morphing technology they have now. Mm-hmm. So they can only morph into the animals they've encountered. So they can't be like, oh, I'm falling. I better turn into a bird. If they haven't, you know, come in contact with a golden yeah. eagle, they can't do it. Okay. All right. So, so you know, that's not too wrong. Yeah. Boy, I bet we're going to make a lot of... If, listeners, if, if you know, what would you say? What's the target age for Animorphs? When it came out? Well, no. I mean, like, what would you say? Like 10 to 12-year-olds? Hmm. Would you go lower, higher? Anyway, we have about 40 books <laughs> yeah. in this series just waiting for you to come I check s- out. So I started in fourth grade, okay. or fourth or fifth grade, yeah. and that's around the time they started. I started when there was probably 12 books out. Okay. So, yeah, we'll say like fourth grade. And I yeah. read it until it finished in 2001, wow. which I was like 15 or 16 okay. then. So, All right, well, folks, come in. Check out these Animorph mm-hmm. books. Anyway, uh, that's, that's it for my bookmark. I'm moving on next to um, the next the, uh, Sleepwalker Tonic that I mentioned a couple weeks ago by Jason Siegel, sequel to Nightmares. That's oh, yeah. my next Halloween read, but I'm not on it yet. Okay. So where are you? I finished two books. Okay. I, this is turning into all the Kevin Smith, like he needs another podcast, yeah, but right. this is turning into a Kevin Smith podcast. I realized, last week you mentioned you read the Batman comic, The Widening Gyre. Oh, yeah. And I was talking about how I had also read it. I have never read it. Oh, okay. I completely reviewed it with you, though. Yeah, you did. So I read it, and my review isn't completely well, trash but you now. Said the thing about uh, Phantasm. And yeah, that, that is true. I don't know how I knew that because okay. I've never read it. Weird. I think maybe he talked about it. Oh, okay. In a podcast that I had listened to. Anyways, it was good. Yeah, I liked all the flashbacks between Batman and Robin in mm-hmm. their earlier years, and watching. Um, how Robin starts getting sick of Batman. Okay. Um, Onomatopoeia. Yeah. So I guess Kevin Smith created Onomatopoeia. I haven't I researched this, but I mean, up. he shows He's us everywhere. The, yeah. Oh, yeah, Sounds of Violence that I just yeah. read. Onomatopoeia is the villain. Every time he writes one, so. Did you like So you liked it? Yeah. Um, looks like we'll never see the ending to yeah, that. I don't think so. So there we go. All right. Um, so that was good. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how far down the line I would get, because I have like a mental list. When somebody says, I want to start reading Batman comics, what would you give me? Yeah. I don't know how far down the list Winding Gyre would be. Yeah. I don't know if 
I don't think I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend it to somebody no. looking to read Batman. <sighs> Maybe when the Batman Superman movie comes out, we can get really geeky. Oh, talk sure. About our absolute fave Batman. Yeah, yeah. Superman let's, let's alienate yep. everyone who listens. Yeah. So, fun. listeners, warning. Yeah. When that movie comes out in March, <laughs> we will be. Yeah, talking a yeah. little Superman, Batman. All right. Yeah. What else you got? Uh, I just finished today. Jack of Spades. Oh my gosh. By Joyce Carol This is the first time hearing of this. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you true. finished it. I didn't know. Yeah. It's pretty good. Okay. I gave it. You're not going to believe this. What? Five stars. Five stars. Oh my gosh. I gave it five stars. Yeah. It was short. It was quick. It was, yeah. it was good. I, I thought you'd it was like intense. it. That's I did. A, that's impressive. It's funny because you're right. Stephen King's in there like everywhere. Yeah. I keep mentioning him. Yeah. It reminds me of a Stephen King book. Uh-huh. Um, it reminded me a lot of Secret Window yeah. at times without all the like twists and whatnot. Uh-huh. So it was just interesting. And you had said that had happened to her. Yeah, that was uh, when, when she was here. I just mentioned to her how much I enjoyed that book. Mm-hmm. And she said that uh, the, the plot of Jack of Spades basically, I think we've talked about it yeah. before, but this author who gets uh, taken to court by somebody who's mm-hmm. claiming that he plagiarized him. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Joyce Carol Oates was telling me that that, that happened to her, that uh-huh. this person... Um, was accusing her of plagiarism, and it and it kept going and going, and ultimately this person was institutionalized. Right, and so from that she took it and, and yeah. made uh, Jack of Spades. So. But it was funny because it, as I was reading it, it reminded me of Secret Window. So I'm like, is she like? Oh. I thought it was like some meta thing yeah. where maybe she was actively trying to remind you. And he mentions the other one, the what's the dark, the dark half. Oh yeah, by Stephen King. She, Ursula brought that up last week. I don't know that book at all. It's just. It made it seem like she was purposely maybe stealing from Stephen King mm. to write this thing about somebody stealing from with Stephen King. Like yeah. she was just trying to go mm. really crazy. So when you're reading, you're like, "Is this real?" Mm. And I so that was really good. I'm, that's cool. I can't believe you liked it that yeah. much. I'm glad you did. I'm glad I read it for this one too, because it's not like it's not a horror book. No, but it definitely has a creepy like. I, I mean, if we counted could... Secret Window right. in our Halloween yeah. view, you could definitely yeah. So, who would you cast in Jack of Spades as the writer? You need somebody who's like 50. Yeah, but he's got to be kind of an unassuming type, Yeah, too. he's got to be likable, you know? but be able to go crazy. So, it can't be something right. like Jack Nicholson, where you know he's going to go yeah. nuts. Yeah, So, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Who would be a good... I don't know anymore. I almost Cruise, said Harrison Ford. Tom Cruise. I, mm, <laughs> I wouldn't put no. Tom Cruise, but he's the right age. But he does have that, like, yeah. he smiles and you want to like him, but then... That you kind of wonder. There's that yeah. edge. All right. Maybe maybe when Tom Cruise is a little bit older, yeah. he can he can do this, like, more quiet Jack of Spades piece. Okay. Oh, you know what? John Cusack. Oh, yeah. John Cusack has that... I yeah, never know what kind of put, vibe to get him. I would put John Cusack there. Yeah. All right. Okay. Nice. So, so that's, John Cusack, if you're listening, call your agent. Yeah. We're adapting Jack of Spades <laughs> into a movie. That's what I've read. Uh, I'm going to start uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, yes. Per your recommendation. Yes. And I have some other comics to read. So, okay. Yeah. I'm still going to try to read that Dark Tower, The Gunslinger, the first graphic novel. Oh, the graphic. Yeah. Okay. I picked that up. It didn't look interesting to me. Wow. I promptly put it back down, <laughs> yeah. so let me know if it's good. Yeah. I'll Maybe tell I'll, you if I'll I like it. If I like uh, Invasion of the Bar Snatchers. Okay. I want to watch, I don't know why I didn't suggest this for our Halloween viewing, but I have never seen the 70s version of oh, the movie with yeah. Donald Sutherland. Yeah. And I want to see that one. So uh, Have you seen the original? Kevin yeah. Or, yeah. That one's good. You can definitely tell where they put in, where they mandated a new ending. Uh, uh-huh. Because it ends with him just screaming like, they're here, they're here. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that's the ending. And then right. it goes to that part in the police station we're like yeah this this doesn't fit with anything else that we just saw that'd be interesting to see what you think of the book ending oh all right let's do it all right man that was, we're on to book news yeah do you want to start sure 
All right, so here's some advanced notices that we have. Yeah, you you go on. I'm just gonna lean back. I'm just gonna close my eyes. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's if funny. I look like I'm asleep, yeah, I'm really listening. I feel like that joke was way funnier when I made it, but I'm glad that you tried. I think it's good yeah. that you tried. Actually, I'm gonna sit here attentively drinking my sweet sweet coke. Yes, mm. you are. You are our LVP. All right, so we've got. Um, Did you say you no. said LVP? Did I? Oh, that must you have been son of a gun. That was a mistake. Ten episodes of this. I know. That's what I've been dealing All right. with. Good night, everyone. <laughs> All right, so coming out in January, January 12th, we have a new one from Karen Robards. Uh, she's got one it's called... It's pronounced robot. Sorry. We've got, <laughs> she's got one called Darkness, and it's about an ornithologist on some, like... That's a, a bird? It's a bird, yeah. Bird doctor? A, not a doctor. Not a like, doctor, a bird doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a bird doctor in the house? I'm a bird doctor. All right, anyway. I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. <laughs> a bird scientist. <laughs> or we could just say ornithologist. I yeah, sure. I couldn't say it on if I some, wanted to. I guess on some little island on like the outskirts of Alaska, uh, and she's like trapped there. <gasps> so it's romantic suspense, so there's probably a dude also there. And maybe like... A third love interest being a bird. Yeah. And she's kind of yeah, in love with the bird. Yeah, but he's sick, so they need a bird doctor. Right. Stat. Right. He has Maybe. bird flu. Oh, my yeah. gosh. That's totally real. Yeah. Uh, so we've got that coming out January mm-hmm. 12th. That's sure. one we'll definitely have. Uh, also, Ian Rankin. Have you read Ian Rankin? No. Okay. I wish you would stop asking me Mysteries. if I've read these popular I'm, authors. I'm you know I haven't. I'm sorry. Just uh, makes me look bad in front uh, of our it, listeners. Well, <laughs> even dogs in the wild is what it's called. Even dogs in the wild. Yeah? What? This is an Inspector Rebus. Book, book mm-hmm. 20. Rebus McIntyre? Rebus, no. Oh. Not Rebus. <laughs> I'm on fire. No, I know. Yeah, you are. Yeah, there's a lot of word association that you do. <laughs> uh, um, so Inspector Rebus, uh-huh. who's recently retired. Okay. Uh, I bet he's going to be brought back got, into the yeah, game. He's getting brought back in. So Actually, I haven't read this series either, so I can't really fault you for that. But I know Rankin is popular, and I yeah. know we've gotten this book January He's ranking 19th, high. So. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Man, this Coke is like my spinach I right now. we need like a pun jar. Every time Ooh. a terrible pun is made, yeah. it, it goes in there. And we use it to buy more Coke. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I've we just so many self-replicating Coke. <laughs> Okay, yeah. that's, I'm going to stop there, because uh, January again is kind of a light month, so I don't want to spoil all the fun too early. All right. But what do you got, buddy? Sure. Oh, man. I have, I almost have so much book news, I even don't want to handle this. Oh, boy. But I'm going to throw one. Oh, this one's boy. for you. I'm just going to sit back now. This one actually that. came out today. This, this one came out October 20th, so okay. by the time you listen to this, it's out. So this, because uh, everything else I'm going to read is Walk, out. don't run to your local retailer. To get Back to the Future, the ultimate visual history. What? Yeah. How is that a thing that I don't know about? I, it just came out. I can't, oh, I can't believe I missed it last time we did book news. I'm looking through this thing. It, it's crazy. It's got all this concept art. I need uh, that. Probably pictures of... Um... Oh, who's the original Marty? I can't remember. Eric Stoltz. Yeah. Eric Stoltz originally played Marty, then they so, recast him with Michael you, J. Fox. A bunch of the different outfits they wear in the future. Yeah. Um, the double ties. We've got to popularize the double ties from yeah, Back man. to the Future, too. So I guess anybody wants to send Nick a present, Yeah. this hardcover book is his ultimate... C.O., the David A. Hop Public Library, <laughs> 155 North Main Street, Wellsville. All right. So it's pretty exciting. Uh, I only have one kid's book. Okay. Rush Revere in the Star-Spangled Banner. By Rush Limbaugh. I, what are those books? I don't I, they're, like they're, book, they're time travel adventure. They're time travel. Okay. With ins- exceptional Americans. Huh. So, so like modern kids are going back in time. I guess and, so. Okay. 
but therefore, you know, a much it's young, a younger crowd. not a YA crowd. No, uh, no. Uh, I mean, this one doesn't have it, but you would put it in Juve or something. Yeah. So, oh, let me scroll a little. Oh, I so many. oh no. Clementine. The li- okay, all these books I'm about to list are yeah. coming out October 27th. Okay. 2015. All right. The year of, what is it? Are we in a, what animal year are we in on the Chinese calendar? <laughs> Why would I know that? I don't know. I'm a tiger. I don't know. Okay. Coach tiger. Coach tiger. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, boy. It's all coming full circle. Yeah. All right. Clementine. The Life of Mrs. Winston Churchill, a oh. uh, long overdue tribute to the extraordinary woman behind Winston Churchill. So there you go. Okay. All right. Custer's Trials, a life on the America. Oh, not on the America. Custer's Trials, a life on the frontier of a new America. Okay. So. There's uh, a couple books about Custer yeah, coming out it's right It's a now. brilliant new biography of George Armstrong Custer that mm-hmm. radically changes our view of the man and his Turbulent Times by T.J. Styles. T.J. Styles. Did you say T.J. Hooker? Yeah, T.J. Hooker. Wow. Wrote this book on I can't Custer. They, yeah. They got T.J. Hooker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have Home by Ellen DeGeneres. It's about homes, I guess. This deluxe edition of Home <laughs> is printed on extremely high-quality paper. Well, that's cool. Hey. Hi, uh, printed on a sheet-fed press. All right, why? That's... Bound in real cloth-covered case. Okay, you got to stop. This is all about how the book is made. Yeah, I know. This book is a treasure trove of amazing California architecture, unique home furnishing, breathtaking art, and hundreds of ideas of putting together the home you've always dreamed of. I don't think you mean Ellen DeGeneres. I, it is Ellen DeGeneres. That's, that's her. That's Ellen. On... And Ellen wrote a book about architecture? Well, on California design. architecture. Stop trying to put Ellen in a box. I, she can I'm, do whatever she sets I'm her mind sorry. to. I'm sorry. That just doesn't seem right to me. You, well, I bet a Finding Nemo sequel doesn't seem right to no, you. No, it really doesn't. And the no. whole of America, but they're doing it anyway. It's the dumbest sequel I've ever heard. Anyway. Wow. wow, I actually thought you were wrong, but I pulled it up here on Barnes & Noble, and you are yeah. definitely right. Okay, this now book... Now I feel foolish. This book that's coming out by Simon Winchester, right? Uh-huh. I was going to skip it, but the title is so long. Okay. Ready? Yeah. The title of this book is called Pacific, Silicon Chips and Surfboards. Coral reefs and atom bombs, brutal dictators, fading empires, and the coming collision of the world's superpowers. Wow. Now I kind of feel like I've read the book. Yeah, by Simon Winchester. So I guess it, he, it says it's called the biography of the Pacific Ocean. Hmm. Fun fact, I prefer the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. East side. Have you read the autobiography of the Pacific Ocean? It, it's just let, a bunch Let me of read swearing. you some of my yeah. favorite chapters. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Can you believe it? Yeah. What else you got? All right. Uh, I think... Oh, no. We've got another nonfiction book. Thank goodness. The Witches, Salem, Ooh. 1692 by Stacey Schiff. As somebody born and raised in Massachusetts, yeah. there's always this part of me that's like, I want to learn more about the Salem Witch Trials. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. What if like somewhere in my bloodline is a witch? Ooh. And I'm... I you're, guess You're part witch? I, I, th- I think the male I term is you, warlock or you wizard. you get some scholarships for that. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, I think I'm done with nonfiction. Oh, okay. I'm not. <laughs> Wildflower. This is a biography. Try to get... All right, I'm going to give you some hints on whose biography this is. Okay. Drew Barrymore. I've actually... I've actually got... Oh, how'd you know? As I saw it in the Publishers Weekly. Darn it! I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. That whole game. I, uh, I ruined it. You were like a Sherlock Holmes there. I know, it was, yeah. You ruined the whole surprise party. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Sherlock. Sorry. Well, anyways, Drew Barrymore has a biography coming out. Autobiography. Oh, I would have guessed. Yeah, about uh, the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> so she's a wildflower, isn't she? She sure is. Yeah. All right, I have one more biography. Almost interesting. <laughs> hey, like this segment. <sighs> oh. All right, this is an SNL 
A former SNL star. Okay. From the 90s. Oh, I have to guess. Yeah, right. from Drew, the 90s. Drew Barrymore. Nope. Sorry. Adam Sandler? That'd be so cool if it was. No, it's okay. David Spade. Oh. Everybody's favorite person to forget. Yeah. Really. He was funny on SNL. He was, yeah. So, he's, if you're somehow the one person in this world who's a David Spade enough fan to read his biography, yeah. here it is. I like David Spade. I don't think I want to read his biography. Maybe it's a... I'll get the audiobook. <laughs> Listen yeah. to him read his what if it's not? What if it's read by Adam Sandler? That'd be crazy. Yeah. He's like, one time when I... Robert Robert I never despaired. Anyway, man, <laughs> that bit we just did was yeah. actually better than the Adam Sandler movie Jack and Jill. <laughs> so that right. was actually funnier. Now I've got books, real books that are coming oh, out. Boy. So that was like an intermission that we just yeah. had. October twenty seventh. Okay. All right, okay, I'm ready. Uh, I think you've mentioned this one before. We're gonna get to this weird spot where the books I'm reporting on about coming out are the ones you've announced yeah. in your. So yeah, I think I, this is the first one. Yeah, I agree. You're totally redundant. Go on. Not really, man. This is great. Hold this on. This is great. Oh, yeah. Have your Coke. No, I just need to remember I'm the MVP. Yeah. And you're doing a bad job as a yeah. cheerleader. You're going to get kicked off the cheerleader squad. You just got to remember that you bought yourself a Coke that said MVP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had it there for me. You dwell on that. Okay. I had to look forever for that cheerleader one. Wow. So that's, that's wow. probably less yeah. funny. Yeah. Your uh, dedication to stale bits really. <laughs> it's inspiring. Yeah. In I'm not as dedicated to it as David Spade. That's true. So. Oh, oh, burn. Yeah. All right. Christmas Bells. Wow, yeah, okay. Sheravani? I, I don't know. Sheravarini. Sheravarini. <laughs> the point is, Christmas Bells. Yeah. By Jennifer... By Jennifer C. Yeah, by Jennifer C. I thought uh, you had brought this up. Maybe I did. I'm going to buy you a whole bunch of Christmas books. After Alice, Gregory Maguire. He, write, he wrote all those uh, Oz books. Like those like weird yeah, yeah. fantasy sci-fi Wizard of Oz. Like Wicked. Yeah, and other stuff uh, about that. So yeah, Wicked, now he's doing Alice in... In Wonderland. Well, they're not just Oz. I mean, he has um, he has one about the, the stepsisters. Uh, okay. There's a bunch of... Yeah. It's just twists on fairy tales. So he's and, found his niche. Oz, yep. So have you read any of those? Because I know you love Oz. I tried to read Wicked a couple of times and yeah. just hated it. I thought it was so dry. Have you seen the but, musical? No. Kendra, uh, my wife, loves the musical. Kendra, my wife, yeah. loves the musical. <laughs> right. So. I like the music, but I, I don't... Mm. I haven't seen it. A Death in the Family, a Detective Kubu Mystery by Michael Stanley. Kubu. Yeah, Kubu. So, <laughs> Detective <also>. Cool Beans. <laughs> a Banquet of Consequences, a lonely novel by Elizabeth George. <laughs> a Banquet of Consequences. Yeah. That yeah. sounds kind of passive-aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what, mister? Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're hungry because you're in store for a Banquet of Consequences. <laughs> the Woman Who Walked in Sunshine, hey. number one ladies detective agency oh. by Alexander McCall Smith. McCall Smith. Have you read any of these? No. Huh. No, he's got that whole series. He's got the um, the typing school. He right? looks like John Lithgow. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> 44 Scotland Street. That's another series. Okay. Yeah, he's popular. So those books are popular, too. That didn't really add anything. I'm sorry. I was like, it sounded like I was defending them. <laughs> like, I'll show you. <laughs> Man, that was really aggressive. Yeah. The Theory of Death, a Ooh. Decker Lazarus novel by Faye Kellerman. Kellerman. Yeah. If her name was Killerman... And she teamed up with Slaughter. Yeah. That'd be a killer man and Slaughter. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a, a TV show on yeah. like TNT about yeah. renegade lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> so she looks like Anna Gasteyer. Wow. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you who every yeah, author just take, looks just like. Take a guess and say. So uh, Shopaholic to the Rescue. Ooh. Uh, Shopaholic to the Rescue by Sophie Kinsala or Kinsala. That's a long running series. It's got to be like book five or something. Yeah. 
Well, that's, I mean, I just told you, like, book 12 of the series, and you didn't have anything to say about that. Sorry. Here comes book five, and you're falling over yourself well, trying I to compliment it. just because I... You hate the number one ladies detective agency, don't you? What? All right, ready? Yeah. Got my last one. Okay. Oh, we, wow. We... I'm wrong. What? There are Shopaholic to the Rescue. Is that what you just said? Yeah. That's the eighth book. Oh. So there's actually more than I expected. So you're still more impressed that now there's eight books as opposed to the 12 number one detective well, Lady because those are like detective series tend to be long running. This is about someone who shops, and there's, <laughs> and there's eight books. So yeah, I'm surprised. Shopping never ends. I <laughs> know, I guess not. So, so he's got to find a bargain. All right, this is my last book. You ready? Yep. Depraved Heart, uh, Scarpita novel by Patricia Cornwell. Oh, Scarpetta. have you read anything by her? What my did you say? My wife has read uh, a Scarpetta novel. I have mm. not. Mm. So I don't know. All right. Never quite appealed to me. Yeah. How's your coke doing? I'm out. Hey, I know how to pace myself. I've got yeah. a whole... Look at that. Yeah, I guess I just need the caffeine rush to get through the beginnings of this That's podcast. how I felt about your book news. Uh, that I really needed to dig <laughs> in. It's everybody's book news. You're right. Yeah, it's, you're All right. right. It is. So before we end our segment, this is the part where we're just going to remind you that if you have any comments, thoughts about anything, remember to uh, tweet us at All the Books Show on Twitter. Yep. Or get on the David A. Howe Public Library Facebook page. Yeah. Our Wellsville at stls.org. .org. Email. That's right. So. You got your three options. Yeah. Also, shout out to our radio listeners. Yeah. Angelica Community Radio Station. Woo. Every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. That's right. The soothing all, sounds of yeah. Nick and Eric. Yeah. Let all the books uh, lull you to sleep. That's right. If anything, let all the books help you pick your, your nighttime yeah. read. That's right. So. Yeah. You, <laughs> you turned into a little Mark Wahlberg there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. Picking out some books. Listening to the radio. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Do we have anything else we want to talk about before we get to the it, segment? Let me ask you this. Okay. Are there upcoming books that you're waiting for? That I'm waiting yeah, for? Yeah, that you want to read. Okay. I've, I've got such a backlog. Mm-hmm. When I find out a new book is coming out that I want to read, it's mm-hmm. almost like too much. Obviously, I want to read uh, Brandon Sanderson's new Mistborn. Book. Oh, yeah. But the problem with that is I'm one book behind in that series. Oh. I've got there's there's a lot you start of, there's there's series that I like but like you know Stuart Woods I like Stone uh-huh. Barrington but I'm not caught up on Stone Barrington I like Murder mm-hmm. She Wrote but I'm not caught up so um, the ones I mean I've been w- looking forward to reading Rogue Lore Rogue Lore I've been looking forward to reading Rogue Lore Rogue Lore How about that? is a fantasy book about yeah. a thief yeah and the history of thieving in that hey, world y'all this is Rogue <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to that coming uh-huh. out Rogue Lawyer sure I ordered my copy from Barnes and Noble. Okay. Um, I'm looking forward to the third in the Mr. Mercedes trilogy coming out from Stephen King. That's coming out in like April. Okay, so you got a while for that one. Yeah, that's a long ways away. But I've got a bizarre of bad dreams. Yeah, bizarre of bad dreams is coming out. It's coming out in November. Is that a short? It's yeah. I've never read any of his short stories besides Drunken Fireworks, which I think Drunken Fireworks is also included in that. So. Oh okay. Yeah, those are the ones that I'm kind of waiting for. All right. Well, I've um, Dan Wells is starting a new series. Oh yeah, called. Blue Screen. Uh-huh. And that comes out, I can't tell you. It comes out next year. Okay. So I'm excited to write that. It looks like it's a cyberpunk. It comes out in February. It's a cyberpunk series. Brandon Sanderson's got the third Reckoners book coming out around January or March. It's nice to be, like, I wish that I was caught up in all the series I like because I yeah. love anticipating books. Yeah. I am looking forward to the second Lois Lane book coming out. Yeah, that's that coming out like book. in May. I know. It's so you've you got till the summer. But. I know. I, I mean, I do want to read that Stephen King. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a few others here and there. But. All right. So it's time for our segment. It is our 10th 
podcast episode. As we mentioned. You, you guys, all our listeners, you've spent a lot of time with us and yeah. us with you. Do we, now, do we have the punch card thing where if they listen to 10 podcasts, like the 11th is free? Yeah, the 11th is free. Okay. So you, you don't so, actually have to send those to so us. So those of you who've started from yeah. the, the next episode, yeah. free of charge, man. Yeah, 11th so, episode, yeah. Yep. So also, if you're just starting, um, all the episodes are free as well. Yeah. So don't start freaking out. Yeah, don't, don't worry. We're, <laughs> we're not, we're not charged. No. But the 11th episode is free. Yeah. So every yeah, 11th tell episode. Your yeah. Tell your friends. So for 10, you have to do something. That's right. 10. We've been batting around some different options for yeah. what we want to do so for number 10. This, it's weird because it seems like the simplest choice. It but does. it was also one that we were like, oh, because it's the hardest thing for us to do. Yeah. Said we should come up with our 10 favorite books. Yeah. So uh, we're very gonna, original. Yeah. It's, it's very original. Ori- no one's ever done this books. before, ever. But it's, you know, how many times do you do Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we've skirted around it a lot. Yeah. We've mentioned some favorite authors, but we never actually like sat down. I don't yeah. think, I, I mean, I've always had kind of had a couple favorite yeah. books floating around in my head where if somebody asked me, I'd say yeah. those books. But to really look through what I've read yeah. and find these are the ones that stuck yeah. with me, it was, I enjoyed doing it. Yeah. I did. Finding them. It, it was something where, there were some books I wasn't picking or some books I picked, and I was like, that's not it. Because, like, yeah. which of these books would I have I either reread after I had read them mm-hmm. the first time, or which ones could I just pick up now and decide to reread? Yeah. So that's how I, I picked mine. And these aren't in particular order. It's no, not like this is either. my favorite no. book of all time. Well, actually, I, mean, I put mine in the order <laughs> that I read them in. Oh, okay. Not in, like, my favorite order. Oh, that's the, fun. The one that I... So, yeah, we're just going to share with you guys our top ten favorite books of all time. And I'm sure there's some books that maybe should be on this list. Yeah. I, I didn't include I Am Legend, and I'm wondering if I should have. I know. So shout out See, to I, I Am have, Legend. I have a couple of authors yeah. where there's a couple of books that I really, yeah. it was hard to choose. So yeah. I, I did choose one, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, how about we alternate? Okay. So why don't you start? Oh. Well, then it's going to end with you. All right. I don't think <laughs> you want me to start? No, let's, let's no, do this. I, I'll no, start. I'm going to start. Okay. All right. I'm just going to get this out of the way. Okay. Uh, so we can move on. So everybody can relax and we can. Be done with it. Actually, why don't I start? Folks, my favorite book is Jurassic Park. Wow. Just kidding. Sorry, what were you going to say? I feel like I interrupted you. Go ahead. (laughs) What were you going to say? I don't want to say it anymore. Oh, okay. You hurt my feelings. I'm sorry. You didn't hurt my feelings. You took away my thunder. Oh. But you can't take it. Do you know Brontosaurus means thunder lizard? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Thunder lizard is such a better name. Yeah. Can we just call it? I am the thunder lizard. That's right. Okay. But that's that's a rabbit trail. I'm trying to get us off of that dinosaur talk. I know. I picked Jurassic Park. Yeah. That's the first book I mentioned. You have to. You have to. There's no way around. It's a great book. read it in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I had seen the movie first, but I couldn't believe how much I loved the book. And I have reread Jurassic Park multiple times. One time, I read Jurassic Park, then immediately, it was like, I was maybe, I had a third left of Jurassic Park to read on this, like, reread of it. So I finished it, and then I just picked up Lost World and read that in one day. Mm-hmm. So I had this like big Jurassic Park yeah. night. It was great. That's a big night. Any Jurassic have you Park read night the? Um, have you read like any of the Junior? The there's a, a novel. The first or... the first Jurassic Park book I read was the Jurassic Park Junior novelization of the book. movie. Yeah, I had that book. So that. I read that a lot. Did, but did you read like? Jurassic... I read the Lost World one. Not Jurassic Park three or uh, <sighs> Jurassic World. I haven't read the Jurassic World one though. Mm-hmm. Jurassic Park three, as you know, I've had some. Did you read it though? Did you no. read it? Oh, okay. No, I, I read it actually. I didn't care. Yeah. So it didn't add anything. I. It was hard. I didn't pick timeline mm-hmm. because I, I always say if Jurassic Park didn't exist, timeline would be my favorite Crichton okay. novel. But Jurassic Park does exist. So, and I only wanted to pick one Jurassic Park. I mean, mm-hmm. one Michael Crichton book. Mm-hmm. So 
I, I picked Jurassic Park, and I would definitely reread it. So well, I, I'm with you on that. I didn't put it on my list of favorites, but it is a great book. If, yeah. you haven't, if you haven't read it or if you've just seen the movie, it's definitely worth a read. Yeah. So there we go. I, I got that out of the way. Yep. Nothing else on this list is Jurassic Park related, unless somehow it is. Yeah. Unless, unless <laughs> yeah. it cycles back around. Yeah. The Encyclopedia of Dinosaurs in the Jurassic Park films. Okay. Number two. Well. <laughs> no. All right. Go ahead. The Jurassic Park Visual Diary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got both... Novelization, junior yeah. novelizations for the two movies. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's great. The sticker book. <laughs> um, my favorite book is uh, it's a series uh, called Animorphs. No, it's not. I'm oh. sorry. That's two. Yeah. So, like I said, I, I went through my list and I put these in order that in which I, I read, read them. them. Yeah. Okay. I have no such order. So the first one mm-hmm. that I'm going to include is The Testament by John Grisham. Oh. Put Grish on your list. I know. I put Grish there. First Grish I ever read. Oh, my second is also The Testament by John Grisham. Really? No. Oh, okay. I'm doing a bit. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) The Testament by John Grisham. Sure. It was the first Grisham book that I had any... It was the first time I encountered John Grisham. I was was uh, a senior in high school. I was on a trip Mm -hmm. with my grandparents. We were driving down to Florida. Okay. And she was reading The Testament in the seat in front of me. Uh Uh-huh. And I looked over her shoulder when she started and just kind of like read the first page and then was like hooked. And so I just kept reading it. Wow. So about the first hundred pages of this book or so, uh-huh. I read in a car over my grandma's shoulder. Wow. And so when she finished it, she, you know, she gave yeah. it to me and I read it and I loved it. Ah, I got to remember that to like it's, tease you about. Yeah, you should. Yeah. It's, uh, Why did you catch this book over your grandmother's it is, shoulder? <laughs> it is legal fiction, but it's about a man who... Uh, kills himself and leaves his whole fortune mm-hmm. to the, to an illegitimate daughter that nobody knew about. Oh. And she's a, a missionary in mm-hmm. like the deep, dark, there's no way to get a hold of her. She's yeah. just deep in this jungle. So this lawyer for the estate has to go and find her. So it's it's different from any of the other Grishams that I read, but it was just, it really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great one. So that's my, that's my number one. That was 2001. I, wonder if, if, I mean, if you get a job as a lawyer, yeah, you probably think you're safe from having to ever go to like the darkest depths of the Congo. Yeah. Or, you know, the... Yeah, you think rainforest. you're probably safe from that, but no. And then they're like, hey, guess what? You're like, darn it. Mm-hmm. But then you know what? Gennaro from Jurassic Park probably didn't think he was going to get eaten by a T-Rex. Yeah. Being a lawyer and all. Look what I did. I brought it back. Yeah, good job. All right. I'm going to pick the most recent thing I've read. Uh, the Silver Linings Playbook. Oh. By Matthew Quick. That is good. I loved it. Mm-hmm. That was it. We did it as a book club. We did. I'm... Pretty sure I was the only one to give it five. There might have been one other person who gave it five stars. I don't think I gave it five, but no. I loved the book. Uh, yeah, and I also really liked the movie a lot. Yeah, I do too. It's, it's weird because that's not really the type of movie I tend to buy on DVD. Yeah. Because I want something I'll rewatch, but I have rewatched it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it's rewatchable. I I, but I think, I, I've said about Jurassic Park how they're different entities. Yeah. And, but I feel like Silver Linings Playbook, with the book and the movie, they almost complete each other. Yeah. Because there's some stuff... Like Robert De Niro is yeah, a just much gonna, more yeah. likable father figure. Well, the character's fleshed out more in the movie, I think. Mm-hmm. You never really get any insight in the book. Right. And, um, but right, in the book, he's kind of a jerk. Yeah. And so I like combining those mm-hmm. versions. Um, but I like the book's uh, take on the brother and the therapist yeah. a lot more. I yeah, think they stronger. expanded those. But he has a friend. I can't remember the friend's name in the movie. Uh, he, the friend who invites him to dinner, who, in, who oh yeah, um, okay, introduces yes. him to Nikki. He's much more likable in the movie, right? right. Nikki's his wife, yeah. Tiffany. The friend's much more likable in the movie. Yeah, in the book, he's kind of a jerk. Yeah, but so that's like a good it. pick. That's a good one. Now, have you read anything else by Matthew Quick? No, but I want to now. It seems like he kind of writes a type. 
Mm-hmm. Like if you like Silver Linings Playbook, then the good luck of right now is probably. We just he just put a new one out recently. Mm-hmm. Is that the one you mentioned? Uh, no, I can't remember the new one that he just wrote. Yeah, I'd like to read more by him too. Is it Love May Fail? That's the new one. Oh, that sounds right. Oh yes, we did have a someone in the book loop give it five stars besides me. So all right, who was it? Uh, our friend Carly. Oh okay. So Carly Simon. Yeah, Carly Simon. Boy, she's so vain. She probably thinks this podcast is about her. Oh, Just, no! It's, oh, wait. There's a giveaway the for it right now on Goodreads. Oh my gosh, Love May Fail. I'm wow. going to enter it right Love now as you as you. Oh, so that seems right. All right, but yes, that's it's actually and it's weird because it's not really the type of book that you would think that I would like fall in love. No, with. no. But I did. You're unpredictable. Whoa! <laughs> do do do. That's a '90s song. Oh, you're unpredictable. That's believable. Oh, right. <laughs> Unbelievable. Right. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, that was... It's unbelievable I got that, that song embarrassing. Wrong. Okay. And entered. I hope um, I win. All right, number two on my list yeah. is by my all-time favorite author. We already mentioned in this podcast. Can Jack you? Finney. Jack Finney. That's right. Now, this was a tough one for me because I didn't want to just have the whole list be Jack Finney's. Um, <laughs> so, uh, among his books that I've read, I would put probably Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Time and Again, Five Against the House, mm-hmm. and Good Neighbor Sam. Okay. All kind of in tight, tight competition with each other because they're incredibly different, mm-hmm. but they're all great. Um, I settled on Time and Again, which is a, it's a time travel story. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, we did it for a book club here. It's the first one I read. I was working, I was doing a huge truck of books, mm-hmm. checking in a book drop when I worked at Willard Library mm-hmm. in uh, Michigan. And Shout out. Yeah. And I came across <laughs> it and... Checked it out, uh-huh. loved it, and then read everything. You know, just kept reading his stuff. Nice. Time and again is great because there's so many, there's so many different facets to it. I mean, it, you think you hear time travel story and you think, oh, it's sci-fi, and I guess technically it is, mm-hmm. but it, I think somebody yeah, that, looking, that would be time travel. Yeah. Some, <laughs> but somebody looking for a sci-fi novel, I think, would be very disappointed right. because it's that just happened. That's just something. That's just a part of it. That's just isn't, how he gets to where he goes. Isn't that also kind of like the time traveler's wife? Not yeah. not that they're the same, but yeah. the idea that like time travel is just kind of there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The way he taps into it is uh, he just kind of puts himself in the mindset of being at that time. And, oh. You know. But that it also it starts by he goes back in time. They're, they're like you need something to do back there. Mm-hmm. So his um, his girlfriend's family has this weird sort of mystery. Okay. And there's this gravestone that just has a weird symbol on it, and they've never understood why they did that. Mm-hmm. And so that was just his little, like, while I'm back there, I'm going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Well, that ends up opening up this huge mystery. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a little bit of romance. It just, it's a great book. It's a great book. It's illustrated. Ooh. has a <laughs> lot of um, pictures from the time. Okay. Um, it's just a, a well, a well-done book. Is it not a movie? It's not a movie. No, huh. there was a there was like an off Broadway musical a long time ago, but they've never. Um, Do you Robert, have the soundtrack? Robert Redford, no, there's oh. no soundtrack. Robert Redford picked up the option to make it, uh, and it just never he never did it. So. Mr. Redford, yeah, uh, this is Eric and Nick of all the books. That's right. Stop resting on your laurels. Yeah, and stop making movies with Nick Nolte and make Time and Again. Yeah, yeah, please. Could, could Robert Redford play? The character in Time and Again, he or is could, it? No, he could play. He could play Danziger. Well, you haven't read it, so that means nothing. To but you, he could but still be in it. He could still be in it. Yeah. So he'd look, be a great Danziger. Redford, it's it's right there. Yeah. Destiny is right there yeah. for you to grab. Reuben, he could also be Reuben, but you don't know what that means. Yeah. So you, you should cast. Uh, you should just oh, cast this boy. movie. That would be tough. All right. Wait, can I can I play the lead? If you want. Oh, thank yeah. Goodness. You okay. could be one of those vain All directors right. who also casts himself. That would be great. Yeah. You could yeah. be a, the new M Night. Yeah. Okay. So. 
So right. I, I would strongly recommend Time and Again. Yeah. I got two unconventional ones, so I'll, I'll stick with this one. I'm just, might not technically count as a book, okay. but I can't not include it. It's the complete Calvin and Hobbes, the, the old newspaper comic. It's, they released a set, because they used to just be in those, like, collections. Yeah. But they released a complete set of Calvin and Hobbes where the hardcovers is, it's the whole set in three hardcovers or four paperbacks, depending on which one you get. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to count it. Okay. Because if I was on a deserted island and somebody gave me like choices of books, I would I would definitely take that. It's it's great. I read it as a kid, and it, it's it's so funny because you read it as a kid and you get it, and you want to do all this stuff from Calvin and Hobbes, and then you read an adult and you get it because you were a kid and it all makes sense. It's great. You've never read Calvin and Hobbes. I was just gonna say I don't. I've never. I don't think <sighs> I've ever read like a full comic strip. You think ever. you think there was fan, if there was people upset with my Harry Potter comments last week? Yeah. That I've never read a Calvin and Hobbes comment you just made. Yeah, that that should set the internet. Well, I don't fire. have anything against it. I wasn't like I'm never going to read Calvin and Hobbes. Just, are you? Are you going to read Calvin and Hobbes? Sure. Send one my way. I'll read it. I got nothing against Calvin and Hobbes. It's just great. He, I mean, it's <laughs> I, I I can't. I mean, the internet in the world has gushed enough about Calvin mm-hmm. Hobbes. It's great how he ended it. He did it for ten years and then he just stopped. And it's not just you know dying and. Uh, yeah. print right now. It's... <laughs> We're looking at you, Garfield. Yeah, yes, right. Eric, and... wait, hold on. This just in. Garfield still hates Mondays. <laughs> hates, he yeah. hates them. Yeah. He hates them, but he, I loves, know. he loves lasagna. It's great, though, because like he all the bits. Lasagna. Like, we're not sick of Calvin's uh, snowmen, his I'm, deranged I'm snowmen that he made. I'm not sick of it. We're not, we're not sick of Hobbes jumping to meet him at the door yeah, when he could, comes home from school because it ended. Couldn't agree more. And we, we, we had it. Yeah. It was, it's great. Um, and he's never merchandised it. He's, you can't get a Hobbes doll. Really? You know? Yeah. He, huh. He's never. He didn't want it to be where you can get Garfield on everything. He didn't want it to be to be like that. And he also said he said in this interview that he didn't want a stuffed Hobbes because that would basically say Hobbes is a stuffed animal mm. and that Hobbes isn't real. Yeah. And I think most of us who've read Calvin Hobbes know that Hobbes is very real. So he's like imaginary. No, he's real. Okay, <laughs> Hobbes right. is real. Sorry. All right. I mean, it's, it's just not a. It's not even a discussion. Okay. Anyone who loves right. Calvin Hobbes is going to tell you Hobbes is real. Okay. So, anyways, that that's my that's one of my picks. The complete Calvin and Hobbes collection. Huh. Interesting. So. Send something my way. Okay. Uh, let's see. Back to me. It's like a black. Doing this in chronological order of when I read them is really like. Yeah. It's like taking me back in it's, time. <gasps> Uh, and again? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 1.21! No, yeah. it's different. Uh, th- number three on my list is Anti-Mame by Patrick Dennis. This is a great book. Anti-what? Anti-Mame. Like okay. ant. Oh. Anti-Mame is about a little boy whose father dies, and mm-hmm. his father's his last living relative, except for this estranged sister of the father, uh, mm-hmm. Mame, Mame Dennis. Sure. Who, it, um, you know, it's just a real, like, extravagant... Uh, you know, drink a lot, party mm-hmm. all the time, kind of person. And like Patrick, Eddie Murphy, like who? Eddie Murphy. Yeah, like he has that song from Eddie the eighties. Yeah, he wants to party all the time. Party all the time. <laughs> so Patrick goes and has to live with his auntie Mame, mm-hmm. and he's had this very uptight childhood. You know, mm-hmm. and suddenly it's just like he's doing crazy things. Um, so it's hilarious. Okay, Mame is just a great character. Uh, there's a sequel called Around the World with Auntie Mame, which is kind of set. In the middle of of the first book, okay. it's good. It's not as good, but Auntie Mame is just. It, and then, of course, it um, that's what the the musical uh, Mame with Angela Lansbury. They made a movie with Lucille Ball as Mame. There's a famous movie called Auntie Mame uh, that stars Russell and Russell. Nothing. This means nothing to you. Okay. No. All right. 
I recognize well, the name Angela Lansbury. Yeah. And Lucille Ball. Yeah, they're real. Uh, so Anti-Mame, if you've never read it, is I, it's, it's, it's mostly, I think, a comedy is how I would describe it. Mm-hmm. But um, it's not just that. I mean, would you dare to call it a dramedy? The way they kind of relate to each other is, is kind okay. of like, it's touching in places. Right. It's a great book. I love it. I read that in 2003. All right. I also came across it in the library. But... I had the, uh, my stepdad brought me home a big box of records one mm-hmm. time, and in that was the original Broadway cast recording of Mame with Angela Lansbury. Look at you. So I listened to that and listened to the record yeah. a bunch, so I was kind of familiar with that, and then I saw the book and was like, hey. Is there a line really, in any of those songs where she says, heaven's me, is that a spot? No. Okay. That, that's Beauty and the Beast. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. Okay. Uh, I was... Wondering if I wanted to say the Screw Tape Letters or the Great Divorce, and mm. I've decided to say the Great Divorce. I've never it's, read either of those. Yeah, this one—it's really good. Um, I mean, it's religious. That's the one where C.S. Lewis and an imaginary tiger hang out a lot, or is that, something, <laughs> is that different? No, I would read that. Okay, the Great Divorce—it's a good book. Um, it's a religious allegory, so if that's not your thing, you probably won't like it. Mm-hmm. But if it is your thing, you might like it. Right. So, uh, I've, I've read Narnia and I read um, Out of the Silent Planet. Oh. I've I've, I've read, read a few of his. I've I've read a lot of his stuff. Mm-hmm. I like Screw Tape Letters a lot. It was the first thing I read of his. Okay. And I almost start to say Until We Have Faces, which is another book by him, and it's less allegorical, so it it's, might be easier to suggest to people who are aren't looking for that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. The Great Divorce is really good. It's very uh, straightforward in what he's doing. There's a lot of imagery and concepts in it that like I still carry with me. Hmm. So there we go. Interesting. Okay. I mean, we should just say divorce is never great. No. It's a horrible thing. Right. But this is, this is different. It's the okay. great divorce between uh, heaven, earth, and hell. I see. So it's that not, does it's not like, like some kids celebrating, like, ah, oh, my parents are getting divorced. There's two Christmases. Two Christmases. <laughs> okay. My number four uh, is by an author who you might not think of as an author, Steve Martin. Yeah. Have you read any of his fiction? No, but okay. I mean, I know he writes a lot. Yeah, he's got, um, I mean, he has plays, he has, like, b- books of short, you know, comedic yeah. things. The first thing I read by him was um, Pure Drivel, which, okay. which is hilarious. But All right. The Pleasure of My Company. Oh. Is, I thought, I guess I was betting you were going to say Shop Girl. I, well, it was really hard. Okay. If both of those are right, they would be on a bigger list, they both would be there. All right. And I thought, I got to narrow this down to one. All right, well, and in I 10 more the, podcasts, we'll yeah. do our top 20 top books 20. of all time. Okay. Oh, man, the 100th episode is going to be a the long one. The Pleasure of My Company, it deals with a man, um, Daniel Pecan Cambridge okay. <laughs> And he's he's got some, I don't know if you'd say like OCD, uh, he's... He just he's, he lives kind of an isolated life, and he's got a lot of quirks. And um, he meets this this uh, kid uh, and this woman, and they just kind of they develop this relationship that is just it's fascinating, and it's it's just very deep. You know, mm-hmm. you, you don't you don't it's not what you'd expect. It was it was the first of um, first of the novels that I read. Uh, there's three, and I read it again recently uh, the last couple of years. And it's just as good. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the last, the last three books, time and again, Anti Mame and the Pleasure of My Company, are some of the few books that I've read multiple times. And um, I just loved the Pleasure of My Company. Shop Girl's also very good. 
It's it's almost novella length. It's shorter uh, and a movie. Yeah, it's a movie With too. Claire Danes. That's right. Um, they're both they're both great. I okay. finally settled on the pleasure of my company just because I think that um, he does the character is always making like grids and diagrams of how he's going to structure his life. Mm-hmm. He only has so many so many squares that he can fill with things. Yeah. And so the book also has those illustrations and stuff. And okay. it just it makes a really complete uh, experience. So all right, another one that I would say definitely read. Cool. This is a nonfiction one that I read. A long time ago as a kid. It's funny, when I was putting this together, these are like, I have a lot of classics I read as like, you know, preteen and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I maybe read it again as a teen. It's just kind of stayed. It's called Writing Science Fiction and Fantasy by Crawford Killian. This one is always, I, when I was a kid, I, if I was into something, I read everything I could at the library. So mm-hmm. if I decided I wanted to be a babysitter, I would have read 20 books on babysitting. If I wanted The to, Babysitter's Club? No, except oh. for those. But if I wanted to build a fort, I'd read 20 books on fort building. I was always reading books on how to write, and I can't even remember half the titles. Like, my Goodreads, I have a writing shelf, but Mm -hmm. only six are there because I can't remember the stuff I read when I was, like, 10. But this one, my mom got for me from a magazine, and, like, I read it, like, cover to cover to cover. Mm. Um, It didn't have three covers. I don't know why I read it there. A third cover. I can't, and I still take it out, and it's, it's great. It has, it... Even if you if you're not looking to write, it's it's interesting because there's a section where he just talks about the different genres of science fiction and mm, fantasy. So it's and yeah, so. so it's it's a nice and I've read a lot of other writing books and other podcasts about it, but this one it's just it's fun to see all the subgenres that make up it and makes you. I feel it's good to read books on writing, and mm-hmm. it's good to hear people talk about how to write because it also helps you be a better reader. Mm-hmm. Because because of this, I now know when I'm reading science fiction, what kind of sci-fi I'm reading, oh, and yeah. what to maybe expect, what tropes are uh-huh. part of it. So it's good. Say, say the title again. It's just called Writing Science Fiction and Fantasy by just... Crawford uh, Killian. Huh. So I can't even remember when this came out. It was in, if you're if you're looking to write sci-fi and fantasy, this would be one I would definitely suggest. But if you're also looking to read sci-fi fantasy, and I'd also suggest it. So it was weird to pick that as one of my top ten books. But if I was stranded on an island, I would mm. definitely want that with we'll me. Take that. Huh. Yeah. Okay, so the next takes us deeper into my college years. Uh, this is a it's book. It's like we're growing up with you. It's like, yeah. wa- it's like watching Boyhood. That's true, yeah. In book form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the last two I was reading uh, when I was getting my associate's degree. This one mm-hmm. uh, is one that my wife, who is simply my girlfriend... At the time. Simply. Yeah. Recommended to me. It was one that she'd loved. And um, I picked it up. And it was... I hadn't read anything like it ever before. Mm-hmm. It's called The Muse Asylum by Dave... Oh, I, want, I want you to try to pronounce that. Can you see? You know I can't. Is, is that a Z? Yeah. It's After a C? C-Z-U-C-H-L-E-W-S-K-I. Yeah. There's somebody out there who, never, who just never was known. like, uh, it's Zakuski. Yeah. And we're like, oh. So Dave, Dave C. Yeah. <laughs> wrote this. Muse Asylum. Uh-huh. And it was, I, I don't know, it, 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 it's about, the, the book centers on this author who's a very reclusive figure. Uh, Horace Jacob Little is his name. He's written this book, and that's it. Nobody knows anything about him. Nobody mm-hmm. knows you know, his past, what he's been doing since. He's just a completely reclusive figure. And these um, grad students are doing you know work on him and they decide that they're going to like figure this out they're going to get to the bottom of it okay and so you just kind of follow them as they're trying to figure this out and it's just it's a quick read it's about 224 pages according to goodreads Mm -hmm. um so it's not long and sprawling but it's very i mean you're just immersed in it you want to know what's going on uh you just travel right along with it and Mm -hmm. it 
one of those books like you finish and you're just like, wow, why are there not a hundred more of these books? <laughs> um, I've read some of the other stuff you've read and they're good, but nothing, nothing as good as Muse Asylum. Hmm. Um, so that's Muse Asylum by Dave Zolzowski. <laughs> C-Z-U-C-H. He's listening to this podcast. A tear just rolled down his face right now. I'm sure he knows. I'm sure he knows that it's a difficult name. So my wife read that first and she passed that on to me when we were in college. And it's always stayed with me as one of my favorites. Okay. All right, man. Um, is that why you married her? Yeah. Because she book. recommended that book? It was that book. You read this book, you're like, well, yeah. Fahrenheit 451. Okay. It's on my list by Ray Bradbury. I would like to read that. I can't believe you haven't. I know. You've read no Ray Bradbury? I think that's true. Who? I know. I've been wanting to read Dandelion Wine. I have it on my yeah. shelf for a long time. Well, I, I feel like, it. I mean, if you want to borrow my copy of Fahrenheit 451, I, the billions I, that exist in any library, okay. go ahead. Huh. Uh, I read it in eighth grade. So it's, it's weird how you turn that into an insult. But sorry. Go on. I read it in eighth grade, and I really liked it. But remember how I told you I had given up on reading for a while, yep. and then I got back? This was one of those books that, after I read State of Fear, and I was like, oh, I'm going to read it again. I picked this up to reread it, and I couldn't believe how much I still liked it. Hmm. It was still really, really good. I mean, if, you haven't, if you're like Nick and you haven't read Fahrenheit 451... Um, if you're like Nick... <laughs> it's just about a a dystopian world where people burn books because they have ideas and you know art and everything so if you've seen the movie equilibrium it's kind of like that or if you've seen the movie fahrenheit 451 it's also similar yeah it's very similar um and the the character in it is a fireman he's he's in he's one of the guys who burns books and he picks up a book and his life has changed forever and it's just it's really good um I, i i chose to pick this over Animal Farm, which I, I don't know why I compare them, but I, it's probably because I read them at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I really liked Animal Farm, and I still reread that, but Fahrenheit 451 is probably one of my favorites. Um, and every time I find out someone hasn't read it, it drives me crazy. I'm like, you got to read this. Yeah. You love it because you love books. It's true. And it's talking about how important books are. Kind of scary sometimes because we, we're sometimes it seems like we're getting to that future. Mm-hmm. I mean, TV, the walls are TV screens. Right. And, you know, in his house, I think he has three. And she like talk, his wife talks to the characters on the TV screen like they're friends and everything. It's it's kind of creepy. You got me a shirt. You got me a Fahrenheit 451 yeah, shirt. Yeah. You found it at like a thrift store, yeah, right? Thrift store. Yeah, that's great. What else you got? Oh, you wrapped. Okay. Yeah, I, I wrapped it up. I'm okay, not done. So I still got some. Money. My next one. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a tough call because really this is a favorite author of mine. Okay. Which is Robert B. Parker, who we've talked about a lot on the show before. <sighs> I wonder if I can guess what you're gonna say. Can I make one guess? Yeah. Alpalooza. It's not Alpalooza. Alpalooza is the Weird Al album. Yeah. Uh, Appaloosa. Appaloosa. <laughs> that, you know what? It was between that and Night Passage, and I ultimately went with Night Passage. I read that one. You did. Okay. Night Passage was the first Robert Parker that I read, and I loved it. was totally hooked. Appaloosa, though, is also, it's a Western. Right. Appaloosa is a Western. And they made the movie with Ed Harris. Right. And Appaloosa um, is the Weird Al Jurassic Park. album, Jurassic Park album, yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Appaloosa is a great western, right. and it is—it's one of the—it's one of my very favorites of okay. his. Are you? Uh, I went with Night Passage. It's uh, the first in his Jesse Stone series. Right. Jesse Stone is uh, basically he—he he washes out of the LAPD. He's got a drinking problem, and he mm-hmm. finds his way to a little town in um, Paradise, Massachusetts. Man. Massachusetts, yeah. East Side, and uh, he ends up, you know, being their chief of police, and it's yeah. just. They, they expect him to be terrible and a drunk, yeah. but he's actually sharp and very good. And he's, he's got a lot going on. And yeah. he's like, Played by Tom Selleck in the Yeah, yeah, the movies. movies with uh, Tom Selleck. So, mm-hmm. so Night Passage 
Night Passage made my cut. Are you picking Night Passage as a representation of the whole series? Yeah. Okay. I think I, Night Passage still is my favorite of the of the um, Jesse Stone series, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. All right. I'm going to say The Most Dangerous Game by Richard mm. Conell. I don't know that at all. Most Dangerous Game? Yeah. I read this in high school. It's a short story. Uh, I mean, I can't even tell you how many pages it is. Boy. I got it for a dollar. I'm just not following the rules. It's 48 pages. Okay. So, so it's a magazine article. <laughs> it's great. I love it. The yeah. most dangerous. You you don't know anything about this guy washes up on an island mm-hmm. after his uh his boat sinks. Oh. Anyway, there's an Arus- there's a Russian aristocrat who lives there, mm-hmm. and uh, he hunts the most dangerous game. Is it wolves? No. Oh no, I bet. Is you it a tiger? I no. bet it is man. It's man. The okay. most dangerous game is man. All right. And so uh, he he hunts the the main character through the jungle, and it's just you know the relentless hunting. Mm. I have always thought. That it would be a great movie starring Sean Connery as the hunter, Will Smith as oh. the guy who washes up, and at the end, at the end credits, Will Smith could have a rap song called "I Am the Most Dangerous Game." Oh, <laughs> so yeah. it is a. There's a uh, old uh, black and white movie of the Most Dangerous Game. It's by the same director who did King Kong, and oh. he did it before King Kong, and you can you can see a lot of what he he brought into Skull Island with that. Uh-huh. It, the movie's actually really entertaining. The book is great. The story is great. I okay. love it. I mean, for a short story. Back then, do you remember, there was a little, a little tiny, just a mom and pop bookstore uh, called Borders. I don't know if you remember Borders. Borders there, li- listeners, there is a store uh, in a city that we go to that still has the Borders sign uh, up. I, and yeah. every time Nick and I see it, it's the most heartbreaking thing. Because we're like, it's a Borders! Yeah. And then we realized it's an empty store. Yeah. I've transferred my love to Barnes & Noble, but... Borders was better. Yeah. Borders, I love yeah. it. I miss it. Yeah. Mm. Borders used to have this section, and it would, I think it was maybe just one book, and they would feature this maybe monthly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found a lot of books that I liked there. Uh, and this is either the first or second of the Borders picks that I picked up that it seemed like they were just right in tune with the kind of books I wanted. But this one is called Bridge of Size by Richard Russo. Hmm. Um, this one is Richard Russo is probably uh, more well known for Empire Falls. Uh, it won the Pulitzer Prize. Okay, they made a movie with uh, Ed Harris actually, and Helen Hunt a miniseries. It okay. was, but um, this Bridge of Size it's set in in upstate New York. It follows a young kid really, uh, and you kind of see him go through his life. And there's nothing really I can't. I can't really explain. It's like this element is what I loved about it. It was just the whole atmosphere of this kid uh, growing up, just his life, um, his friends, and you, you kind of you see some parallels. They, some of the scenes take place in the future with the character. You're not quite sure which character he is from the uh, the flashback sections, but the whole it's just a great book. It's just really well put together. Um, so I picked that up from Borders. Loved it. I read uh, several other Richard Russo since then, and none have... Well, he wrote Nobody's Fool, which you read Nobody's Fool. Did I? Oh, yeah. yes, I and, did. And I, I know that's another one that I just... Oh, that was so bad. I know, I hated it. <laughs> um, I've read a couple things by him that, that I like, but nothing's ever even come close to how much I liked Bridge of Size. And that's one that the character, whose name is Lucy, Lewis is his name, but they call him Lucy. Uh, yeah, he... He was reading, the whole time he's talking about H. Ryder Haggard, mm-hmm. who wrote the Alan Quartermain stories, which I'd never read before, right. I'd never heard. 
and um, after I read this book, I went out and found them, and I read King Solomon's Minds mm-hmm. and Marie and Alan's Wife and a bunch of the old H. Ryder Eckerts. Watched League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. No, I've never seen it. <laughs> so this book was great, and it opened up the whole world of H. Ryder Haggard to me too, okay. because the author was or the character was just so in love with that character. Right. And so I read that, and it kind of gave nice. me some new insight. But Bridge of Sighs, not really a comedy. Um, it's, I guess it's more of like a uh, a family drama i mean it's a lot of the small town um small town life and then the stuff in the future is set i think in in france i want to say and follows a totally different uh, kind of set of people so i know it just really got me and it's always stayed with me okay league of extraordinary gentlemen quartermain is played by sean connery oh that's right yeah we're number eight ready Hyperion by Dan Simmons. Hmm. I love it. I remember you read that recently. Uh, a few years ago. It was like recent. Maybe not. Yeah. It, it was one of those books that like, I, it took me forever. It, I had heard it recommended on a podcast, found it at a Borders that was going out of business. Yeah. So I, I picked that up and it took me forever to actually read it because the cover is not great. Um, yeah. And every time I try to suggest it to somebody, I always have to be like, don't look at the cover. <laughs> um, and I had no real idea what it was. I almost thought it was a fantasy book, but when... You read the description of stuff, you realize it's sci-fi, and it's great. And the, one of the reasons why it's so great is because it's the story of these, uh, this collection of uh, people on this pilgrimage to a different planet to... Have you ever read... Oh, what's that book? The Canterbury Tales. It's I, like... Like it's, in high school. Right. It's the sci-fi version of Canterbury Tales, okay. in a way, because these people on this journey, they all start sharing their story about why they're going on this journey. And so what's cool is each story is a different subgenre of sci-fi. So you have the military science fiction. You have, Mm -hmm. like, the cyberpunk film noir Blade Runner science fiction. You have the space opera, and you have... Oh, you have, like, this this really sad story about a a father whose daughter interacts with this creature um, called the Shrike, and uh, the daughter starts de-aging. She starts getting Mm. younger and younger. And so as he's getting older, he's watching his daughter get younger and younger and start forgetting stuff. And so you have that. And so it's just really great sci-fi stories all in one book. So it's almost like he couldn't decide what sci-fi genre he wanted to write. So that that just, almost, yeah, it feels more like short stories the way you're describing it. Well, yeah, because it's a frame story. So okay. the, they're going on this journey. And there's a sequel called The Fall of Hyperion that's also really good. But The Fall of Hyperion isn't a frame story. Okay. It's just a straight chronological sci-fi uh, epic. But this one, yeah, because it's just going... I mean, the stories are still long, and um, you know, if they were just novellas, they would still be really good. Okay. There's, what, there's four books total, right? In the Hyperion series? Yeah. There's Hyperion, there's Fall of Hyperion, and then there's two other books that fall along with it that I haven't read. I can't okay. remember the titles of those. And uh, Endymion? Oh, yeah. Yep. I don't know how to say that. Yeah. The oh. Rise of Endymion and uh, they Endymion. Always, it, yeah. They seem dense. Are they not dense? Uh... I didn't. I guess maybe that depends on the okay. person reading it. Because when I, I read it, went up before, and it just seemed like I don't know. I oh right, because he also writes. I mean, he wrote the terror. He writes dense, long mm. books. Okay, but if anybody's looking for like a really great sci-fi book, and this one, the Hugo Award, when it came out, if you're looking for something that like covers a whole lot of ground, this is great. It's one of my favorites. Well, uh, the same that same display in Borders. <laughs> Put me on to a book called Jim the Boy by Tony Early. Okay. And it's, uh, I loved Jim the Boy. Mm-hmm. And there's a sequel. Um, there's, it's, it's set, I don't know, I want to say like Great Depression era. Okay. 
And it's just, in, in Jim the Boy, he's, uh, he's eight or nine years old. His father's dead. He lives with his mother and about four uncles. Okay. And, yeah. And it's just, uh, it's just kind of the story of him, like, living life. And I really enjoyed that. But, um, and that's the one I found at Borders, I found on the display. There's a sequel that was written um, a lot of years later. The first book came out in about 2000, and The Blue Star came out in 2008. Okay. And they really, it deals with the same characters, but you could read them mm-hmm. totally separately. You could read one and not the other. It wouldn't matter at all, because mm-hmm. they're very separate stories. The Blue Star is actually the one that's on my list. And this, this picks up um, Jim Glass's story when he's a teenager. Mm-hmm. So it's about 10 years later. And it's just, the, the, the setting that he creates, the characters all feel so real. Right. And you just, you get so invested in like Jim's life and the things you know going on in the world. I mean, it's just, it's that World War II era. Mm-hmm. It's just really it's just really engaging. You just find yourself like rooting for this character, um, and he's such a. It, I think you might like it in that the writing is very it's very sparse. It's mm-hmm. it's really, but it's still like evocative of this whole um, you know this this the world that they're in. It, mm-hmm. it brings out these um, nostalgic feelings, you know. Uh, so that that one. I think even more than Jim the Boy, that one to me was just a, a great book. That's it. The All Blue right. Star. The Blue Star by Tony Early. All right. Almost almost to the end. Number yeah. nine. Our ninth pick of our ten favorite books of all time. I'm going to say Ringworld. So, Ringworm? No, you always say that. Sorry. And you always think it's so, so funny. No, I just, I Listeners, thought, please send in whether or not that joke was funny. I just, I mean, if you have Ringworm, I'm concerned. It's it's Ringworld. You have Ringworld? Oh, that's worse. <laughs> that is worse. Yeah. By Larry Niven. Uh-huh. It's uh, part of the Known Space series that he writes. Um, this came out in 1970. It's also a Hugo winner. I had, I had collected some like Hugo winners that I was trying to read through in one set. And this one, it kind of like took me by surprise by how much I liked it. Mm. it it's, and I, I picked this over, say, Starship Troopers or the Forever War. So that was weird for me. But it, it's just such like a fun, it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. So, like, a lot of times, you know, like, really good sci-fi, it might not necessarily be fun. But mm-hmm. this one is. It's, a, it's an adventure. This scientist, this alien, which is part of the, the race of puppeteers, uh, not, not people with puppets. That's just what they're called because they, they like to control things mm-hmm. uh, behind the scenes. And now how do they do that with puppets? <laughs> <laughs> they're three-legged, two-headed aliens. Okay. Uh, he also travels with this alien called a Kins or a Zin. It's an eight-foot red fur cat-like alien. So just imagine like an eight-foot tall tiger. Okay. With uh, Boy, a lot of tiger talk today. Yeah. That would be a great name for a podcast. Tiger talk? Tiger talk. Yeah. Tiger talk with Eric Mickles. So anyways, he travels with the, uh, travels across this with aliens. He travels along with this uh, other girl from Earth, and they find the ring world. And the ring world is just this artificial world okay. that is giant, and but it you know rotates around the sun. And... It, it's crazy, just some of the stuff. It's one of those things that it's too big. Like, the ring world is too big to really ever exist. But if this was a movie, it would just, it would look great. If you've ever played the Halo games, they, they've got a lot in common with the ring world. And it's hard to really describe why this book is so fun and so good. It's just, it just explores this crazy setup, you know, how they made things. Uh, there's this mountain in this book that's just giant. They're like, why would they ever make a mountain that big? Because no one's ever going to be, you know, it serves no purpose. But it turns out a meteor had just gone through the ring world and crashed. But the people who live on this world, they're stuck in kind of an almost before medieval age. They're stuck in like a stone age because there's no real metal or anything to, 
harness or anything. It's just, it's crazy stuff. I love it. It's massive. The idea that the puppeteers, they end up breeding humans based off whoever seems to be the most lucky person. Mm. So they're trying to breed for luck. And it's crazy to think that, like, you would breed and then have somebody who's, like, the luckiest person in the universe. And, like, their, their luck is affecting everybody around them and just how dangerous. That, it's crazy. Wow. But there's four sequels. There's four prequels. I haven't read any of them, though I wow. do have the sequel, The Ringworld Engineers. But if you haven't read Larry Niven, it's one of my favorite uh, sci-fi books, Ringworld. So and he's still writing some stuff. Is he? Yeah. Well, my next one is, is more recent. Number nine. That's right. Uh, this is this is one I read just a couple of years ago. I was um, I, I was working I at an election. And when, you, when you work in the election, you have to be there like five in the morning. You stay till like nine at night. Yeah. So you love you get a lot of reading done yeah. on those days. <laughs> but um, one of the other ladies that I was working with was reading Fall of Giants by Ken Follett. Okay, and it was one that I was kind of aware of, and Ugh. it looked intriguing to me. What? I'm thinking of Pillars of the Earth. Oh God, no. yeah, that was, was terrible. I hate Pillars of the Earth. All right, anyway, <laughs> uh, I dropped the ball, I, Ken. I knew about this book. And uh, so she'd set it down. I said, you mind if I flip through this? Mm -hmm. And I read the first, um, I don't know, the first couple of sections and really liked it. So I picked up a copy. And it's a massive book. um, And there's three of them. It's a trilogy. Yeah, this is Fall of Giants is the first in the Century Trilogy. But, um, yeah, this one's about 1,000 pages. And it just follows... it follows all these different groups around mm-hmm. this time. This one is set at World War I, mm-hmm. so like 1911 or so. Um, it follows groups from all, all different uh, countries, different stations in life. There's a million characters, and somehow it works. You know, you keep track of all the characters. You kind of jump from story to story, and of course there are stories that I prefer to others, but um, you just really get a sense of the time, everything that's happening, and, and you... It, the, the characters just become so real. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, but it's you know it's the it's the opposite of the blue star because the blue star is so um, so quick and sparse and like boom to the point. And this is huge and expansive and right. you know everything. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so there's similarities. But this this one, um, I think more than it, I read the whole trilogy, and number two, which is set in World War II, was also great. Mm-hmm. I put it almost neck and neck with this one. The third one was set during the Cold War and was just kind of a letdown. And mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of a, a drag the way it ended. But Fall of Giants is definitely worth reading. You, you still yeah. have me convinced after how bad Pillars of the Earth was, because I read that one. Yeah. But after how bad that one is, I didn't think I would want to read anything else by him. But you still have me convinced that Fall of the Giants is going to be good. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Do you like historical? Do you like? I like history. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, this is it's funny because uh, we tried to read Pillars of the Earth for a book club, and you succeeded. I did not succeed. Oh, I don't know if finishing that book was a success. Yeah, um, and Pillars of the Earth is the one that everybody thinks of. I mean, it's like the great it's, classic. Yeah. It's got the miniseries. It's got oh, everything. Boy, yeah, I really hated that one. It has a giant European style board game as well. Oh, really? Yeah, that's funny. It, it's kind of similar to uh, maybe games like Castles of Burgundy or Settlers of Catan. It's kind okay. of nuts. Huh. Well, I guess it makes sense. They're building a cathedral the whole time. Yeah, so. yeah, you're competing. You could, like, but the characters from the them. book are in there. Uh, so, yeah, I'm putting the first book in the Century Trilogy on my list. Fall of Giants by Ken Follett. Okay, nice. And now we're on our last books, number 10. And mine's a double feature. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's actually not allowed. So. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know what? This list has been unconventional from the get-go. That's true, just like you, man. Thanks. I was in middle school, or younger. Yeah. And I'm sure other people have done this. You know, I read the bunch of those great illustrated classic books. Oh, yeah, you know, me like, too. Uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, you know, Oliver Twist, The Prince mm-hmm. of the Popper. I read all those, and I really liked them. And I've been trying to 
get to this point where I've reread the full versions because they were really good. Um, but two that I've read when I was reading those illustrated classics that I reread as the full versions, and I've reread those full versions multiple times, are White Fang and Call of the Wild mm. by Jack London. All right. Sometimes I'll I, allow you to combine those. Sometimes I think they might be like my favorite favorite books. Really? Like if you ask me, like, what's your favorite book of all time? I always say Jurassic Park. Yeah. But again, in a world without Jurassic Park. In a world yeah. without Jurassic Park. Uh, I, I might say White Fang and Call of the Wild. They're just great and they're short. And I don't know what it is. It's just about one's about a dog who uh, goes wild, uh-huh. and one's about a wild dog who, uh, you know, becomes tame. Oh. White Fang's the wolf okay. who finds a okay. happy life, and Call of the Wild is the one about Buck the dog who becomes a sled dog and then wolfs out. Oh, okay. So I don't know why I love them so much. Probably because of my love of animals, but they're they're great, and I can't choose. I can never choose between Call of the Wild and White Fang. But if I had to, I might pick White Fang. Okay. You, have you ever read them? No, I haven't. You've never read? Wow. And you love dogs. I know. I do. I don't know which of these you might like the best. Are either of them set at Christmas? Because that would really help me. I'm just kidding. Maybe at the end, White Fang takes place, has some Sold. Christmas. <laughs> there's snow, end. right? Yeah. I mean, there's snow. But so. it, it, it's interesting because it's just one of those things that I read as a kid in a kid version. Yeah. Read it again as a teen and in the adult version. And then read it as an adult. And like every time I read it, I'm like, I love this book. So Nice. They're great. Jack okay. London. I haven't read anything else by Jack London. Mm-hmm. I guess I've been meaning to read The Sea Wolf, but I think mm-hmm. that's about a boat, not a wolf that travels on the sea. <laughs> uh-huh. so if it was about a wolf pirate. Yeah, like a pirate wolf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would read it. But yeah. White Beard, the pirate. Yeah. I, I have told this to people too. I'm like, oh, I love White Thing uh, and Call of the Wild. And I'm like, huh, weird. Because <laughs> they, they're like, I think I remember reading that in high school. Is it, is it good? But they are, they're great. Huh. So. Okay, so that was your last. That, that was number 10. That was in 11. The last on my list. So this is the most recent book you've read. Yes. I wonder if well, I... Well, no, I mean the most on my list. Right. Actually, I, now I kind of look at it, I think maybe Fall of Giants came after, but... Okay. But who can be sure? Right. I could. Goodreads. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So this is what we've got. Okay. This is a, a book called Domestic Violets. Not violence. You suggested this to me. Violet, like the color. Yeah, after you read this. You Domestic Violence by Matthew Norman. Okay. So it is about a man whose father is a Pulitzer Prize winning, winning writer. Yeah. And um, Tom, Tom Violet, the main character, mm-hmm. uh, wants to be a writer. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of like in his dad's shadow. And mm-hmm. so he works at an ad agency. And he's cool. just, he turns 35 and his life is kind of like, he's like, this is humdrum. This is, yeah. I, this is not what I want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things happen yeah. after that. Uh, so I don't want to give too much away. But, uh-huh. It is. It does sound good. I added it to my to read list it's after very, you sent it to me. Um, I don't know. It, it's very modern. I guess mm-hmm. is how I would describe it. It feels yeah. really fresh. Uh, the characters are great. The the dialogue is particularly good. Mm-hmm. Um, the dialogue and just the narration by the character is mm-hmm. just all. You know, you you can you totally get the kind of guy that he is, and you can sympathize with him. You can go along and like. Some things you like. You know, he shouldn't do it, but you also kind of want him to do the things he does. So mm-hmm. it's. It's just a really, it's a strong book. And I don't think this author has written, like, anything else. Right. At least no other fiction that I've, <laughs> that I've ever come across. Right. But uh, this is, so that's Matthew Norman is the yeah. author of that. So, Matthew, if you're listening, please write another book. Yeah. I'd like to read it. That, that book came, and it might be weird that I know this, but you, you had this run of reading some, like, quirky titles around that time. Because you read that one. You read, is it called The Book of Joe? Yeah, I read The Book of Joe. Right. And you read uh, Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah. And you read um, Attachments. 
Yeah. I remember you like reading them all around the same time. Yeah. So if anyone was like paying attention besides me, which apparently yeah, I paid like very a, much attention. A weird stalker. It might have looked like you're going through like a midlife crisis in mm. book form. Yeah. With some of that stuff. <laughs> That's true. So. That's true. All right. Domestic violence. I didn't think you were going to put that one. Oh, really? I completely forgot about it. I mean, oh. it's on my to-read list, and I yeah. always think about picking it up. Um, I actually That's thought Book I'm... of Joe was going to be on your list. Book of Joe? Oh, yeah. that was really good. That's written by Tropper, Jonathan Tropper, okay. who just wrote that one. Uh, what was that called? This is Where I Leave You. Uh, well, okay. They just made a movie of yeah. it with Jason Bateman and Tina yep. Fey and all that. I haven't read any of the others, but Book of Joe was really good. Okay. Well, there so, we go. Yeah. That so is, those list. are the top ten books Nick and I would, I guess, I mean, we didn't say we would be on a deserted island with just these books. I, yeah, I'd probably take these books. Yeah, those would be the ten books I would take on an island. Yeah. So, so stop in, because we're going to put all these books on a display. And yes. we'll also put links uh, on Facebook and Twitter and, and our, the website. Uh, listing all these books so if, you, if you're interested in anything we have we'll have the links listed wow that you can find now, now I've got all this like I've got to get those links together <laughs> uh, I didn't realize that was happening and you know if you want to send in email or a tweet or a Facebook message about your favorite books oh good idea uh, don't make it ten we're not going to read ten of yours <laughs> especially if they're well if there's wow. ten people and they send in ten favorite books that's a hundred books we got to go through yeah no thank you so send in some of send in like your favorite book yeah. and we'll, we'll let people know and if you hate our picks and you think they're terrible if you think Ringworld is one of the worst books science fiction ever, ever made or I don't know The Fall of Giants is vastly inferior to <laughs> Pillars of the Earth let us know yeah because we would like to know send it our way yeah I hope you enjoyed this special 10th anniversary I guess it's not 10th it's anniversary. Not, not anniversary I mean it is but this tenth no, episode implies years. of all the books, mm-hmm. we've enjoyed making them. We're gonna keep on making them. That's right. To just into the future. Yep. I'm out of oh, really okay. encouraging. All right. Well, why don't we say. just jump to library news? What do you got going on next week? We will be showing Frankenstein, Dracula, and uh, Creature of the Black Lagoon mm-hmm. in the auditorium. Six forty-five. Six forty-five. Yep. Um, it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yep. So I can't remember which is on which day, but. It's a classic monster movie marathon. Classic movies. So I've seen Frankenstein. I prefer Bride of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. But it'll be fun. So if you're looking for some Halloween uh, fun, it's free. Come to the library and watch those films. My Asylum Book Club will mm-hmm. be meeting the 30th. 29th. The 29th <laughs> for uh, ages, 10 to, ages 12 to 18. By the time this podcast is released... The next tech class I'm teaching is on esports. What is that? What does that even mean? See, you should come to the class I guess because I I'll should. be explaining yeah, what esports is. I'll be explaining what games are categorized in esports. Esports are video games now that are counted as sports. Okay. I mean, obviously, there's going to be people who's like, "This isn't a sport," and whatever. I don't want to get in on that because <laughs> even though I'm a video gamer and I play some of these games, I might still say they're not really sports. But uh-huh. anyway. Just, we're going to talk about them. It's like League of Legends, the game where you're a bunch of cars playing soccer. Huh. Um, Starcraft, Counter-Strike, we're going to talk about that. But it's basically for people like yourself who, when I say the term esports, you're like, what is that? <laughs> so it's not for people who play esports. It's for people who might know people who talk about it. I see. So that, I'm kind of excited to teach that one because I'm, yeah. I'm excited to talk about it. Starting in November, we're doing NaNoWriMo at the library, National Novel Writing Month. We'll talk more about it in other podcasts, but we're going to be a space. So it will be online when you can meet here, we'll have stuff about it at the library. So if you're looking for a writing space, we're, we're going to have it open here. Great. Uh, I've got next week is the, the fun Halloween craft class, 4 o'clock on 
the 29th, October mm-hmm. 29th, Sally Murphy's going to be doing the Halloween mason jars, which they look cool. I think people yeah, are going to like I them. I want to make one. Uh, the book clubs right now are reading uh, Landline by Rainbow Rowell yeah. and Salem's Lot by Stephen King. All right. All right. And that's going to do it for us at all the books. I've been Eric. <laughs> I've been Nick. Thanks for listening. Yeah.